I know, you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayer National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. The teams in bold will be out. Uh, but just about everybody has all 32 heading into the area round. Heading into the area round here uh, this week. And, of course, there's some games today uh, up there in, in uh, Beaver and Arnett. Or I guess it's just in Arnett now uh, at the main site. And we will have a couple of those. Six o'clock, it's uh, the Leedy Lady Bison taking on Arnett. And then at 7.30... It'll be the Leedy Bison against Goodwell. So regional final action tonight from Arnett on the Paragon TV network. Hello, Jared. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm sure we need to um, recap. Well, I know for, for the person that was texting me, recap that, uh, yes, Wyatt Compton was on the winning team of the Sarah Scramble out here at Sarah National on or the Saturday scramble at Sarah National on Saturday. He made a couple of putts and hit a couple of really good drives. Uh, and so he was a big part of uh, He played better than I did, if we're being honest. Um, and so that was good stuff. Uh, April 8th is the alumni tournament. The 29th and 30th of April is the Bob. Alumni is a two-man tournament. And then the 29th and 30th is a four-man scramble. We'll tell you all about that going through here as uh, on Mondays. Traber's coming up at 9.30 as well, so we'll pick his brain about the national stuff. Let's go to the high school basketball, Jared. Anything? Uh, you were up at Cheyenne on Saturday night for Canute and Surreal in the regional final. Uh, the Lady Pirates got it done over the Trojanettes. How'd that game go? There we go. Man, it's been a Monday, Aaron. <laughs> it's been a Monday already. Wow. Okay, let's start over. Uh, Canute took on uh, Texoma. The boys did on Friday afternoon. Their season wrapped up in a loss. Uh, record of 13-15 uh, and 15, uh, for the year. Uh, they lost to Texoma 75-59. to 59. They're 10th out of class. You know, there's one of those teams out of the, out of the panhandle that were kind of like, well, what do we know about them? They're, you know, I've always taken when you get in the small school and you get to – you start to play – I call them football schools. You're going to get a lot of – a physical nature of a game, and that's what it was. And uh, Canute's not – they don't shy away from that, and, and they um, were just as physical uh, giving it back to them. But they would come up short because the shooting came up short. Uh, they gave their best effort. Um, Jackson Beck continues to shine. He finished with 22 points on Friday afternoon. Uh, the senior, Kyron Winery, uh, dropped in seven points. Jake Butler, a freshman, had ten points. And – you know, I know it's been an up-and-down year for Canute, but I think the future's bright because of the youth, the youth that they have on this team. Uh, Coach uh, Steph is starting that process of, um, uh, you know, getting these guys acclimated to that varsity level and starting three freshmen. He'd bring in a couple off of the bench. Uh, of course, Jackson Beck's just a sophomore, so uh, very promising uh, for the future of uh, the Canute Trojans going going forward for them. Canute Trojanettes, they had a tough one against uh, Surreal Lady Pirates. They lost that one on Saturday, 66-49, to where it kind of turned into that fouling game, you know, at the end of the game. But Canute, on multiple occasions, would get it within 10 points, just could not get over that hump. And um, it was just a horrible start in the first quarter, trailing at 18-6. to I think they surreal their press Canute was just kind of stymied by it and just shocked by it it looked like um and turned it over multiple times and all of a sudden you blink and it's already seven to nothing 
And um, Kylie Smith, man, she did everything she could to keep her team. And, you know, and she because of her efforts, it kept them in it with an opportunity to win or opportunity to get it close and, and maybe even pull out a win. But um, after the first quarter, it was 18-6, to six, and that six points was all from Kylie. Uh, that That's how, you know, it just goes to show you how, you know, everybody knows how good she is. and You know, even Surreal knew how good she was, but she still found a way to get to the free throw line a lot and get to the hoop a lot. Um, and then um, Canute came out in the third quarter and had a 14-11 uh, advantage after or scoring in the third quarter. But, man, they, they, there's a young lady with uh, Surreal named Brady Harmon. She had 40 points. 40. No one else. Only one other. Uh, Hadley Gibson had 10 points. But in but then Canute started to figure out how to defend her. She had 40 points, but only had four of those 40 in the third quarter, and that's when Canute started to have success. They did a lot of boxing one on her, and they just they just spied her uh, the entire third quarter, made it really difficult for. Her. Uh, but then you know then the fouling stuff started to happen in the fourth quarter, and Cyril would pull away. But um, now Canute will have to go back to the drawing board, have to win three in a row if they want to get to the state tournament, and more than likely have to go through this Cyril team now. Surreal could very well knock off Caddo, and I think if you're Canute, if you could take care of your game on Thursday and Friday, they play Empire on Thursday, probably Turpin, I would guess, on Friday. Um, Turpin's been rolling. But um, if they get – I think you would want Surreal because you'd want that team that you've already seen. You could go back to that film and go, this is where we had success. This is what we need to work on, as opposed to taking on a Caddo team that you've never played, and plus Caddo's pretty dang good too. But – um, there's a lot of positives to take away from it, but the, of course the negative is the loss. So now that the road gets a little longer uh, on uh, or this coming weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, over in Chickasha. So uh, snapped up, geez, 12 game win streak, I think, uh, by my count. And um, but man, that surreal team was really good. I don't know if you watched any of it. They their press was was very very good, impressive, is what it, it was awesome. And that Brady Harmon. She found, I mean, she reminded me a lot of, of how Kylie was, what she would find success of getting to the free throw line. Either she'll get, make the bucket or she'd get to the free throw line. Harmon did most of her damage from the free throw line, but she can shoot. She had four threes in the first half, uh, none in the second half, but just filled it up from the charity stripe. And, and um, again, 40 points. You, you can't give up 40 points to somebody and expect to have success. Yeah, that makes it a lot. That makes that's, it very, very difficult. So that's. Uh, <coughs> That's how it went for Canute, but the you know girl's still alive and um, the goal's still there. And a lot of uh, a lot of area teams are still alive. Yeah, looking the uh, starting just because I have it pulled up right here. Class B girls, uh, the Hammond Lady Warriors cruised into the area championship uh, as they knocked off Sentinel on Saturday night, seventy-three to twenty-eight. So the number one Class B uh, Hammond Lady Warriors will take on Lakiba Sickles. As Lakeba Sickles uh, had a tough game against Turner, but they end up pulling that out by 8:59 to 51. So Hammond and Lakeba Sickles will be in the uh, area title game down at Cash on Friday night at six. Also, Sentinel is still alive. The Lady Bulldogs uh, were uh, in that regional championship against Hammond. They were knocked off there, so they'll play Fort Cobb Broxton at 1:30 in Cash on Thursday. Also, Mount View Godibo uh, will play uh, Turner at 6 o'clock down in Cash on Thursday. So that's kind of some local flavor in Area 2. In Area 1, we still don't know. Uh, we know that Leedy is going to be into the area tournament on both sides, the girls and boys. If the girls win tonight against Arnett, they would be in the area final at 6 o'clock on Friday night against Lamega. If not, they would fall into the consolation bracket in the area tournament, and they would face Kremlin Hillsdale on Thursday at 6. So those are the two options uh, for Leedy. Arnett would obviously have those exact, uh, those exact two same options as well, depending on a win or a loss. In Class B boys, uh, Sentinel and Granite both still alive. Uh, Sentinel lost the regional title game to Duke, 50-36. to 36. Granite knocked off Eric and in the Bearcat season in the uh, Constellation Championship game on Saturday, 58-43. So that moves to Thursday action at Cash. Sentinel will play Springer at 3 o'clock. Granite and Big Pasture at 7.30, and the Duke and Fort Cobb Broxton is that area final. <clears throat> there, in uh, same kind of the same situation here in, in, the, in the other area in Class B, you got games today. 
Uh, Vice High and Buffalo is the consolation final. Winner of that will get Kremlin Hillsdale at 3 o'clock on Thursday up at Woodward. And then Leedy will play Goodwell in the, in the regional final tonight at 7.30. So 6 o'clock, 7.30 for Leedy. We'll have both of those on Paragon TV. Winner plays Calumet to go to the state tournament on Friday night up at Woodward. The loser will play Timberlake uh, at 7.30 on Thursday up in Woodward. Class A, this is girls. Rappo Butler continues on as they are the uh, regional runner-up. Runner up. They lost to Okarchi on Saturday night, but they move on to the area tournament. They will play Shawnee at uh, 6 o'clock on Thursday. So They will play at Shawnee, play Strother. Strother is the team that knocked out Thomas Faye Custer uh, in, the re in the regional consolation round in one of those regionals. So Strother and Arapahoe Butler on the girls' side at 6 o'clock coming up on Thursday. Uh, let's see, the other one. That's the one you talked about with Canute. And then Class A boys, Arapahoe Butler is the regional consolation champ as they, not, they were able to beat Coyle 53-38. So they move on. They'll play at Shawnee at 3 against Drummond on Thursday. So Rappo Butler versus Drummond, 3 o'clock Thursday in Class A boys. And then another Class A boys, Carnegie, a little bit of local flavor, still alive. They'll play Surreal at 3 o'clock down in Chickasha. Boone Apache and Caddo is the final there. So that gives you a rundown of Class A and Class B as we move one week away from the state tournament into the area round. Friday night, there will be half the field will be set uh, with four area champs, and then Saturday night, uh, the other four from each of those classes. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you didn't hear it, uh, as far as the Tucker Beef 8 for state, just about everybody still has all 32 teams they picked heading into this weekend. Now that will change after this weekend, but at least right now, just about everybody has teams left in uh, all their teams that they picked to go to the state tournament, but they'll start dropping like flies come Thursdays. Some of those are going to, some of those are going to have to start playing uh, after losing in the regional championship round. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the bigger classes that had district this week, Elk City and Merritt specifically. We're hanging out over here at Sayre National. There's golfers already out there. It's warm morning. Come on over and have a good time. And uh, after you get done, hang out right here in the in the sports bar. Have, have yourself a, 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 a round capper, as it were. We've got Jim Trader coming up in the following segment at around 9.30. It's the Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. I know. You're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here at Sayre National this morning. There's already golf being played. It's going to be a beautiful afternoon. Maybe a little bit breezy as we move along, but the temperature's up in the 70s. That's going to happen all the way through Wednesday. Cool off a bit on Thursday, especially Friday, and then back up in the mid-60s, I think, by Saturday and Sunday. So another a lovely weekend of golf ahead for Western Oklahoma uh, here at Sayre National. They've got the alumni, come, alumni tournament coming up April 8th. The Bob, uh, the alumni is a two-man. The Bob is a four-man. The Bob is a two-day tournament. There's a dinner on uh, Saturday night as well that goes along with that. Better get signed up because those things are filling up fast. So uh, uh, get in contact here with the folks at Sayre National to be able to get yourself into those two golf tournaments that will kick off the summer tournament schedule of course the saturday scrambles at one o'clock are still going through the winter months and that'll change into the thursday night scrambles um after the time changes i think it's april i uh, saw that date somewhere i can't remember what it was uh, early april is when that'll happen and it'll, it'll switch to the to the thursday night scrambles here at sayer national uh, we talked about class a and class b into the area round this week 4a through 2a are now into the regional round after district tournaments held last week uh, the Elk City Elkettes were district champions for the first time since 2020. As they go on the road, avenge last year's district loss to Woodward. Uh, the Elkettes win 38-36. Uh, 
It was a game that they trailed by as many as 11 uh, into the second quarter. It was tied at halftime, tied going into the fourth. Or, uh, I think actually Elk City got a three-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Kalen Burton was huge for the Elkettes, a career-high 15 for the senior. Seemed like every time Elk City needed a big shot, she was the one that ended up with the ball in her hands, and she was the one that knocked down it. I mean, hit a three to, to take the lead for the first time, and then with the game tied down the stretch at 33 apiece, she knocked down a left corner three uh, that gave the Elkettes a lead that they would not relinquish. So Elk City is the district champions, 38-36 over Woodward. They move on to regional tournament action on Thursday night over at Weatherford against the Lady Eagles. Lady Eagles made quick work of Clinton, 87-24. to 24. Uh, So it's Elk City and Weatherford on the girls' side, 6 o'clock over at the Eagles' Nest. On the Big Elk side, man, they just could not gain traction after Woodward put on a little spurt at the end of the third quarter. It was a tight game throughout almost all of it. But right at the end of the third quarter, uh, Woodward uh, ripped off an 8-1 run that put them up by 9. Uh, that lead would get to 10 or 11. The Elks would bring it back to six, then Woodward would score. Then it'd be a five-point game. Then Woodward hit, you know, get fouled or hit a three. Woodward did a good job knocking down free throws in the fourth quarter. The Elks had it within four at one point in the fourth, but couldn't get any closer as they fall 43 to 37. So now the Big Elk season will be on the line over in Weatherford, three o'clock Thursday afternoon against the Clinton Red Tornadoes. As Clinton had the unenviable task of taking on Weatherford in the district tournament, and they lost that one 46. To 21. So Elk City and Clinton at 3 o'clock Thursday on the boys' side in an elimination game in the consolation bracket of regionals. The Yelkats will take on Weatherford in the winner's bracket at 6 o'clock over uh, at Weatherford on Thursday. And down in 2A, Merritt and Sayre got together for the district tournament. I was talking to uh, the Sayre assistant coach yesterday at, um, at Sunday school. She said they played really well until about uh, two minutes left in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden Merritt hit a couple of shots and then increased the lead. It should. She said it was going to be an eight-point game going into the fourth quarter. Mung gets loose, hits a three, now it's 11, and then they kind of ran out of gas on the Sayre side, and we've talked about it uh, with Coach Doherty or about that team all year long. Merritt has such a luxury with all that depth that they can just yeah. run them in and run them out. Yeah. Uh, and eventually uh, the Oilerettes wore down Sayre enough to win 45-22. Uh, so the Merritt Oilerettes will play at 6 o'clock up at Hennessy against Watonga. Lady Eagles demolished Tennessee 72-33 in district. So Merritt and Watonga, first round of the regional tournament at Tennessee, 6 o'clock. That's a girls game. Boys game was kind of the opposite. Sarah got out to a, to a strong lead over the Merritt Oilerettes and then just kind of held them at bay. It seemed like it, you know after that first quarter run, next the, the game just kind of toggled back and forth between single digits, double digits, what have you. Uh, but Sarah beats Merritt 62-50. to and so that puts the Merritt Oilerettes down in the consolation bracket against Watonga as well. That'll be at Hennessy at 3 o'clock. So you have a 3 o'clock boys game, uh, elimination game for Merritt against Watonga, and then the girls will play in their first round of the regional's winter bracket at 6 o'clock on Thursday up at Hennessy. So the Merritt boys in Watonga. Yes. We'll get tangled up again. Remember all that madness from uh, a year ago. I hope nobody remembers that. <laughs> I hope it's just a nice, clean, fun uh, game. I'm pretty I, sure everybody's uh, going to remember. Yeah. All the yeah. accusations oh boy. And, oh, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's uh, when I, I knew that uh, that was a possibility. And then I was checking that score. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, anything else that struck you from the high school basketball? I think that got it all covered. Um, I mean, of course, we're, we're waiting on an area to, or a regional to get wrapped up up in the panhandle in Beaver. But I think nothing's really shocked us. Uh, there was one from – uh, you know, Garber girls got upset by Frontier off of a – if you haven't seen it, you can find it on social media somewhere, a half-court shot. Being told that Garber is without one of their better players due to injury, uh, but they still had a chance to win that game. Uh, it could shake some picks up. I don't – I don't. I haven't looked. You've studied them more. Is it, a lot of people pick Garber. There to wasn't a ton of gir- Garber girls. There wasn't a ton. Yeah, so – other than that, I mean, that's uh, – I mean, if we're looking at for upsets, there was one. But for our teams, I think everything kind of shook out uh, how they wanted – or how we thought they could. I mean, I thought Canute might have had a chance against Surreal. This was basically going off of not seeing Surreal play. And uh, – uh, but after seeing Surreal, they're really, really good. Really good. I, and I don't think it's going to be easy for Caddo. 
by any means on Friday night. Statewide, the biggest upset in my mind happens uh, in Class A boys as number 18 Liberty knocked off number two Rattan on Saturday night in the regional final. So Liberty, number 18, beating number two Rattan. I think that's, uh, that, that has to be kind of the biggest upset so far uh, in, the, in the regional round. Outside, yeah. outside of that, everything pretty well. Uh, like you said, kind of went to form. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will have the ultimate Jim Traver talk about all kinds of different things in the world of sports. This is the Skinny on Sports, hanging out at Sayre National on a Monday right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sayre National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal hanging out at Sayre National. It's a beautiful day. It was already people playing golf this morning. Just a, uh, a gorgeous morning <clears throat> for February here in the state of Oklahoma. Joined now uh, by the voice you'll hear at 2 o'clock right here on these airwaves. It is the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right, fellas. I don't like getting up in the morning, but I'm all right. <laughs> Especially on a Monday. Yeah, I know. That was kind of the We're same been, I've always wondered, you, you've been doing this for us for now years how do you keep doing it, man? We love you for it. We, we really do because you're getting up early for you on a Monday. We, we feel so blessed. Well, you guys, for some reason when you are talking, you sound like uh, you sound weird. I don't know what's going on. But um, I appreciate you saying that. No, listen, man, I, I love what you guys are doing out there. I love being a part of the station. We've got a lot of great listeners out there. And, uh, yeah, you guys, I hope you all understand how hard it is for me to wake up in the morning. But I've done it, and... I, you know, I've been, I've been, I enjoy going on the air with you guys. Well, we, we, we do appreciate it. Hey, let's uh, – right, i got to stop you right there. Ahead. Before we get further in, we're 37 minutes on the show, and I have not talked about the okay, biggest – I can't understand what you guys are saying. I can't hear you. Something's wrong. Okay, stand by, stand by. You guys are on the wrong wavelength or something. should be at like 105 – Hey, I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about. How about now? Better? Indifferent? Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's better. Okay. Well, working with this roadcaster, I'm still tweaking, tweaking with uh, it. So, um, my man Aaron over here, Skinny, won an uh, OAB. He got he got awarded an OAB on Friday. It, I don't know what's going on. It was announced. Can you not hear us? Yeah. He can't understand what we're saying. Ah, uh, darn. Yeah, well, darn it. I was going to use that moment to be really cool, and uh, and technology doesn't like us. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't know what I changed. Wonder if it's my phone. Do you think it was connected? Uh, I don't have much. Huh? I don't have much service. I'll see what, if I can get connected to him. Well, I, I know I'm not very good either. Which has never been an issue in this building. Yeah, I know. Now it is. Well, while you do that, I do want to say uh, congratulations to you. you won uh, an OAB award for the um, Skinny on Sports and um, for your sports report. This is the third time? Fourth. Fourth time? Oh, just no big deal. Fourth time that Fourth. you've won it. So they needed to rename it the Skinny Award, I think. Congratulations thank to you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I do appreciate Did it. Did you get that info I sent to you? <coughs> um, we got some uh, opinions on the text line. What's wrong with this cell service? I'm not going to repeat that, Ryan. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Nah, but um, um, that's big stuff right there. Let's see if this will work better. I'll try that. One time. We'll try one more thing. And then if not, we'll just – or Jim will woke up for no reason. Oh, yeah. That, that'll be bad. But we do want to – I mean, we want to get him on. We want to talk about the Genesis and uh, Tiger Woods making the cut. Um, there was actually football played over the weekend. I'm wondering if Jimmy watched it. It was the XFL, um, which is – I watched a little bit of it when I could. 
And uh, we're going to get them on here. You want to try it? All right, let's try that now. All right, Jim, you there? Can you understand us now? Yeah, you guys sound like Max Hedrum. What's going on when I talk to you on the phone? But then when you get on there, it just doesn't sound good. I don't know. Try one more time. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. It's well, a, that's a little better. Is that a little bit? Let's say we're, it looks yeah, like that's a little better. A little better. All right. Hey, uh, let's. Yeah. I want to ask you about the XFL. Uh, it started this weekend. There were some interesting diff, uh, different dynamics that, that the rules have. Uh, one of them in particular is the idea of the fourth and 15 play as an onside kick. Is Do you think there's any of this stuff that's being kind of used in the XFL that might eventually make its way into NFL games at some point? Oh, I listen, nowadays, <clears throat> excuse me, nowadays with all the things that they try to change in every sport, the answer is yes, I think there's a chance that some of this stuff will go in. And I think it's smart on their part. I mean, if you're trying to get people to watch your sport, you don't just go and do the same old thing. So, you know, I like the, the two-point two conversion and the three-point conversion. I think that's a pretty good deal. And then, yeah, the fourth and 15 thing instead of the onside. I mean, onside kicks nowadays are just a joke since they have to worry about don't want to be able to run too fast because you might get hurt. Is that the stupidest thing ever? <laughs> anyway, onside kicks used to be really exciting. And now they're like, what is it, like 3% or 2% of them? I mean, it's just it's dumb. So I think it's cool that they're doing it. I mean, listen, the truth for me, though, fellas, is if it wasn't for Bob Stoops in that league, I wouldn't care at all. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just not a guy. I know everybody says, well, you know, any day with football is better than a day without football. I mean, I just don't see it that way. And I love football. But it is, um, you know, I mean, listen – they had 12,000 people at that game yesterday, guys. 12,000 people. Come on. I mean, that, and, you know, I have one of my friends who's a huge OU fan that says that he thinks it's beneath Bob Stoops for doing this. And we talked, I don't know if you guys remember, we talked about it when he first did this. We, we, we talked about that exact same thing. But as far as the rules are concerned, I think it's smart for them to do it. They just don't need to become like, you know, too ridiculous, you know, like the original XFL did with some of their stupid rules. But I kind of like the rules, some of the rules that they're uh, using, you know? Yeah, because the truth of it is the play isn't good enough to to kind of scratch that NFL itch, right? I mean, so you have to kind of – you have to have something different, some novelty to it to make people want to watch. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, when you – I mean, I hate to say this, but I, I watched golf on uh, on Sunday. You know, basketball and golf on Saturday. So, and, and look, I, I hope that it does well. I'm not against it. I just know that uh, it's not going to stay around a long time. And then you got two leagues trying to go against each other, too. Mm-hmm. Like, which one? You know, the word is that eventually the two of them are going to merge with each other. Well, okay, maybe, maybe there's a chance for it to go. But I, I don't know, guys. I... It just doesn't do a lot for me, but I wish it well, and I wish uh, Coach Stoops well. I think he's really happy because he doesn't have to deal with all the junk of college football. With us, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, the other day, he he sounds like he's happy, and he's not working his tail off, so good for him. And it fits in his schedule, too, where he can still enjoy college football as a retired coach and watch his son for yet another season. And, and then in this, the offseason college football, he gets to do this and get paid doing it, and it looks like he is having yep. fun. So do you think it will be a feeder program for the NFL if it has success? Or is, well, it, just, a or is it just a place where NFL has-beens will go? I think both. I mean, I – Look, there'll be some players that make it. There were some players that made it from the last time. So there'll be a couple guys that get chances, but it's not going to be a lot. I mean, college football, college football is going to be where they get you know ninety nine percent of the players, and then there might be one or two that you know get uh, you know don't get don't get picked, you know don't don't have a chance, and then they go in there and look good. But you got to remember something, guys. Even the free agent, if I always look at Jalen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he don't even get drafted. So you would think that he should be playing in this league, right? But he's not because somebody gave him a chance and he looked good and now he's on the squad and he's, he's a good part of it. So 
not only do you have think about this, not only do you have the guys that are drafted, but then you've got guys that are free agents. And then you also have guys that were drafted that were let go that maybe didn't get enough of a chance, you know? So I don't know. I, I just think that it's, uh, there'll be a couple players here and there that make it, but not many by this time. Just about everybody has had their chance, you know. There's a couple of stragglers of guys that are going to go, that are going to look good. Uh, you mentioned the golf, man. John Rahm is on an unbelievable heater right now. Uh, it's a guy that's had, you know, lots of game for years, but now it feels like he's coming in into his own. Uh, just talk about the way that uh, that he started. I think so far this year, the worst position he's been in is tied fifth going into Sundays in like four or five tournaments to start the year. He's been incredible so far. Yeah, you know, we do, we've we got some great golfers at the top right now. I mean, and I, I don't want to start ripping on the whole Tiger thing. I will say something about it later, but um, he is he's amazing. And then you got Scheffler, who's amazing. Um, I love Max Homa. And there's a bunch of other dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just saw come across that uh, Westbrook is going to the Clippers. Do you already know that? Oh, yeah, no, I, I just saw I, that. I Literally just saw that, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, uh, reporting into the Clippers. Well, then the Clippers have no chance now. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, oh, um, help me again. John Rom. Yeah, John Rom. I watch golf all day on day, and I can't figure out. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, his game is amazing. What's great about these dudes nowadays is, is that they hit it so far. Okay, fine. But their short games are unbelievable. Some of the up and downs that he made in that tournament were just incredible. So he is, he's really, really special. Really special. And he is, he's on a great tear. And, you know, I mean, you had Scheffler win the week before. You have Max Homa that's there almost every time, especially in California. So a lot, a lot of fun in the golfing thing, you know. And I just wish that, I wish that they were as excited about the young golfers on tour right now as they are about Tiger you know, uh, the way he played. You know, I'll just tell you this about Tiger. And I know both you guys are huge Tiger fans. Let me just say this. To me, in any other sport ever, have you ever heard, like, the lead analyst cheer, openly (laughs) cheer for somebody that they're covering? Either one of you guys, have you ever heard that before? Uh, well, sometimes not, we feel like they are. When well, you know, not on a not on a national broadcast like national that. Broadcast. I'm right. not talking about. I'm not talking about a local. One, I'm obviously. not talking about me on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about Michael Case. I'm talking about a national guy, a national guy. No, I can't. The, yesterday, the English guy, whoever, the, whatever the guy from England is, that's on it right now. He he says, "Come, this is exact work." Come on, Tiger, knock this putt in and get this crowd going. Are you kidding me with that? That is that is ridiculous. Oh, my. I get sick of it. I'm sorry, fellas. I know you probably don't, but I get sick of listening to it. I mean, my gosh, to just openly cheer. Whatever happened to the days where guys were supposed to, like, call it according to what's happening, you know? I mean, look, he's an amazing story. But he had no chance to win. He never had any chance to win during the entire time. And, of course, we had to see every single one of his shots. And he did some really good things, and he did some things that weren't so good. I think that's probably what we'll see from now on. But when you start openly cheering for a guy, I don't care what sport, I don't care who it is, to me that's just absurd. Do you think that happens if he's actually in the hunt? Well, absolutely, I got you. Kidding me? You think if he would have been in the hunt yesterday, <laughs> there would have been dudes falling out of their chairs. They would have been able to talk. It would have been like a Google Gaga festival. <laughs> I mean, it would have been ridiculous. Oh, Tiger! Oh my gosh! If he makes this putt, he'll be in third place. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, I just, I just, well, I'm tired of the guy. I'm tired of him. It, again, great story. I know y'all love him. Fine, but uh, it's ridiculous. And by the way. If I loved him, I would be saying the same thing. A national analyst should not openly cheer for somebody to do something. Oh, oh, let's hope that he knocks this putt in. What is that? God, it makes me throw up. <laughs> uh, 
what about let's the news of the day uh, right now with Westbrook going to the Clippers? I'm actually well, surprised, show- I'm surprised about this because I, it didn't seem like this was actually going to happen. But I think I know what you're going to say about the players having all the power. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how pathetic it is nowadays that a general manager who, by the way, Lawrence Frank, I think people think that he's a pretty good general manager openly without saying his name talks all about what they needed and what they wanted and what they didn't need and want. And it fit Russell Westbrook perfectly. You, everybody agrees with that, right? You guys agree with that, right? Yes. Everything he said, he, he should have just kept saying, Russ, Russ, Russ said they wanted a point guard. that could shoot said they wanted a guy that they could, they didn't have to take off the floor because of defense. Well, these are all Russell Westbrook's. And then they end up taking him? I mean, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, obviously, the uh, the players run the league, and they run the teams, and this is one of the reasons why what teams are winning it. They're not teams that are being run by players, guys. They're being run by uh, people that know the game. Well, it kind of leads into my next question of uh, Durant's comments during the All-Star break or over the weekend about how he thinks it's good for players to demand trades. And I beg to differ. What I think I know how you feel, too. How do you feel about that? Well, look, both he and Kyrie Irving are trying to let tell us something that is actually true, but it sounds ridiculous. In other words, of course it's it should be okay for anybody to say, I want to go somewhere else if we're not getting along. Of course, in any in any walk of life, in any business. But for him to say that it's good for the game is just stupid. It's not good for the game. Um, it's good for the players, and I guess the way they look at it is is that the game is for the players. You know, so in that respect, yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, both both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were just you know the things that they were saying were just dumb. And that's what they do. They like to talk, and um, they like to say what the heck they feel, whether it's uh, whether it's real or not. But they believe it's real, so fine. But yeah, I uh, this whole deal about asking for trades and all these other things. Stephen A. Smith said something this morning that I thought was really interesting. He said one of the biggest problems now in in the NBA is is that when they when players sign a big contract, they're already thinking about their next contract. And I thought, you know what, that, that is a, he is exactly right. Instead of just being happy that you got $200 million, they're already thinking, well, my next one, I might get $250 million. You know, that, I mean, just, I, they're just never, they're never happy. And um, they never, ever, you know, respect the fact that these teams in the league are treating them so unbelievably incredible and deservedly so. I'm not saying they don't, they definitely do, but I just think they, you know, the way they think, they, they, they're letting their true feelings. The players don't hide their true feelings anymore. And their true feelings is, is that they think, yeah, uh, you should be privileged to be able to talk about me. This is a good thing for the NBA. Well, it's a good thing for real life. But as far as the NBA is concerned, no, it's not a good thing. But I'll tell you what was even worse was that pathetic basketball game uh-huh. that they acted like they played last night. I wasn't going to ask if you watched it. It was I, awful. I, I, that's horrible. I mean, they're, watching they're, that stuff. Is there for a little bit, it was just two teammates going against each other with Brown and Tatum. I mean, it just – it was sad, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know. I mean, I can't wait to talk to Davis today because Will Davis says that he really likes um, the All-Star game. And I'm just going to – I'm going to pick his brain. I want to I want to find people who like – why do you like that? I don't understand why do you like seeing that. That was I actually watched some of it. It was horrible. I mean, horrible. But I again, I, I'm going to try to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of it on my show today. We're going to find out why someone was like watching that. What happened yesterday? Yeah, it, it, back to the player stuff real quick. And I know you got to cut out a little bit early. It seemed like everything had been kind of going the way of maybe there wasn't going to be a lockout. Maybe the labor dispute wasn't as as bad as we thought going into, you know, like last year. It seemed like an inevitability that it was going to happen. 
I wonder how some of these things, where if, if the owners feel like their hands are tied or, or their, their cards are having to be played by the players, if that changes the, the perception of what's going on in, into the summer. Well, the one thing that the owners have going for them is that the Players Association and the NBA is not very strong. Yeah, They act like they're strong, but they're not. If you take their money away, they're going to be going, oh, what are we going to do? I just don't know if the owners are willing to do that. Because the NBA is at a, you know, it's in a pretty good spot. I mean, if you don't have to watch that stupid game last night. Um, but, you know, they got problems like everybody else. The only people that don't have problems is the NFL. But the NBA's got problems. You know, one of the biggest problems, obviously, is this uh, load management and all that other stuff. But, um, I, look, the, if the owners have some guts, they got a chance to do something. But I don't think they will. I, I really don't. And, and the Players Association, I think, could be beaten down. But I don't think that uh, I don't think they will, because I really feel like that these players will say, "Well, wait a minute, what are we doing here?" You know. And if someone says that, can you imagine saying to Kevin Durant or somebody like that? Now, listen, Kevin, we're going to do this for the players that are coming in the next five, ten, fifteen years. I got a feeling that most of them are going to go. I don't care about those kids. I don't care about them. They'll get theirs. I'm trying to get mine, because that's what it is. You know, usually when you're fighting for something, you're fighting for the future. And I think a lot of people nowadays don't like to. I mean, I sat in many baseball, uh, you know, uh, union uh, meetings, and they tell you right away that's what it's for. This mm-hmm. is for players that are going to be coming. Well, even though a lot of the baseball players weren't happy about it, they understood it. I don't think that the basketball players will understand it. So more than likely, they won't. They, I, I think, I think if the owners want to fight, I think they can win. But who knows? I mean, I, I, I just. Uh, I think that these players care more and more about just, you know, the bottom line, their bottom line. That's really about it. Yeah, I think that has to do with them feeling like they're a brand and not just a player on a team uh, like it maybe used to be. All right, Jim, uh, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for uh, kind of hanging by on the way, there through the, through the by, troubles. <laughs> by the way, OSU and OU basketball, uh, OSU uh, can't play defense anymore. I don't know what's happened to them. And I'll, then OU basketball, you know what? At least they haven't quit. You know, at least they – at least they went down there and fought their tails off, had a chance to win that game in overtime. So, um, you know, I mean, I still I still feel the same way about OU. Mm-hmm. You know, I still feel that they need a lot of – they got a lot of problems and they got to change some things up. But they haven't quit. They work hard. and They should get a win this week against Tech. But um, OSU better figure it out. Wouldn't it be crazy if OSU just, like, falls out of the tournament? Yeah, it's, I just was looking at it. They were kind of the work-to-do list on, on one of these things on ESPN. Also, not a very good start for OU or OSU baseball this weekend either. Gee, many Christmas. What in the world is OSU doing? Golly. They get lit by both teams. Arkansas, 18-1. to 1. I guess that that's just from last year when they couldn't they couldn't yeah. get anybody out. You know, in the, in the regional, I was sitting in that daggone stadium watching that. But, yeah, I mean, it's early, but – You'd like to get off to a little better start there. They beat Missouri, who's not very good. And then this Cal Baptist team, they had a bunch of people returning. I, I think they went something like 32-17 and 17 last year, and they had a bunch of people returning. And I think, matter of fact, I think they play OSU Tuesday, I think. Tuesday or Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, Cal Baptist got to feel pretty good. Oh, you know, OU's a whole new team. And frankly, OSU, even though they're ranked high, they're a whole new team, too. Um but, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of – I mean, obviously a lot of baseball left, but you sure as heck don't want to lose – you don't want to lose two out of three to Cal Baptist if you're OU, and you sure as heck don't want to go down there and play the better teams in the country and just get obliterated like OSU did. So so we'll see. A lot of lot of baseball still coming up for both of them. So we'll – last year, you remember, OU, about three months into the – two months, two and a half yeah. months into the season, wasn't any good. And they went to the final, final series. So we'll see what happens. I – uh, they've got some talent. They really do. They got some kids that they got to figure out what this level's about, and then they got thrown right into it, right? I yeah. mean, that's they got thrown right into the fire. So we'll see how they react to it. Yeah, they went from firing Skip Johnson to extending him in a couple of months last year at mm-hmm. OU. So I know it, it. it can obviously be turnarounds. So Jim, thanks so much uh, for joining us, man. Uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll be listening at 2 o'clock. All right, fellas, thanks a lot. See ya. You bet. That's the ultimate Jim Traver joining us, uh, as he does each and every Monday. You, you know, that's something we probably ought to tell him more often, uh, that uh, for him to, you know, he has to get up.
Yeah, for those who don't early. know, he doesn't have to. Until two. <laughs> He's he not on retainer or anything. Two. He doesn't have to do that for us, he but does he does. Out of the goodness of, oh yeah. my gosh. We've got some conspiracy theory on the text line about the cut. Oh, really? And Tiger making the cut. Here's the deal. There's no conspiracy there. <laughs> it was the top 65 in ties. The cut didn't move. The, the cut moved because of the play by the players in yeah. the afternoon on Friday. Yeah. It went from, I mean, the cut was hanging at even par until enough guys went down to one over, which inevitably was going to happen. I that, think that moves it, yeah. When, when Tiger got done with his round Friday morning, the chance of the cut, the, 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 they have a guy that follows this, the analytics of it, and the way the course is playing and the shots and all that kind of stuff, uh, the toughness of the golf course. When Tiger walked off the, 18, the ninth green, I guess it was that day, he had a 76% chance of making the cut. That, that's how good a chance it was that the cut was going to move to plus one it just it just took a while for the for the rest of the field to make enough bogeys to get down there so is there any theory of uh they went at some of those guys and go hey there's a nice little incentive if you um bogey the last two holes here or something like that to kind of move that cut line well i mean i guess you could say that that would it's i guess you could say that cbs paying people to to make (laughs) bogeys i i don't (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I mean, it, it ended up top 60, so there would have had to been like six more guys uh, end up at even instead of one over. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the very last guy got to the end, had a par putt on the 18th, and just blew it for no reason to, to get Tiger to make the cut. That's right. not what happened, but uh, it is. It does make for good. Oh, sure. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, it makes for good radio. And here's the deal. Anymore, listen. A lot of times the, cons- the conspiracy theories turn out to be true. So maybe here in a couple of weeks we'll find out that six different guys looked up and went, wait a minute, I've got a shot to play with so I can make a bogey here and still make the cut and get yeah. Tiger in. Yeah, I, I guess that could happen. <laughs> uh, anything else from over the weekend that caught your eye? I think we got it all covered. I was go. trying to think. Um, uh, did you see OU loss, uh, softball lost? Yes. I mean, yeah, you're gonna, it's hard to win every game, but a little concerning if you're losing to a – Event, I mean, a conference mate. It was a non-conference game, but it was Baylor, so you're going to have to see him again. Uh, maybe that's a bad news for Baylor, bad news bears, because now owe you a little motivation to come out and play it. But um, I think we got everything else covered, though. You know how I know that OU softball is good? Every when, time they get beat, it looks like the other team won the national title. Right. Yeah. That's how I know they're good. Yeah. There's not a whole bunch of act like you've been there before because no. it not, a, not lot a lot of people have been, have been, there, been before. there before That's to beat right. OU. I mean, can you blame them? There's not a lot of people who has that uh, that on their resume. Oh, we beat uh, that OU team. Who's probably going to rally off X amount of wins and win their third straight title? This is something that uh, on the text line, that I could not agree with this more. How sad is it? You know what happened this weekend? The All-Star game. What uh, The dunk contest. Nope. We didn't talk about that. What, what happened this weekend? The Daytona 500. Yeah, you know what? Didn't know it till it was over. Daytona 500. Completely went off my – I did not even – I knew it because guess who was there? Who was there? Monty Tucker. Oh, that's right. Monty and Reed and uh, Mason all got to go down there with the beef council. Oh, okay. They were handing out beef sticks and doing all kinds of fun stuff that down there. That sounds fun. For the weekend. That sounds fun. Yeah. You know what my Daytona 500 was? I was on the mower yesterday scalping <laughs> my lawn. Man. Woo. I won't get into that. Got in the Ricky house. Ricky Stenhouse. You know, it's the longest Daytona 500 ever. I did hear that this morning on, on my news update. 212 laps. Shockingly enough, with three laps to go, a caution flag came out, so everybody had to get back in line. I didn't know there was overtime in racing. Yeah. But there was, I uh, said, double overtime. Double overtime. Or I'd have to look in and see how that works. I don't know. Two overtimes. I just figured the first person across the – Line wins. Well, it has I, I, to do with those. You, you can't if you have a if a white flag flies and a, and a wreck happens, you finish and that lap finishes. It's over. Uh huh. But that's why it happens with a couple laps to go where the caution flies out. You know, somebody might throw a bottle out on the track. Well, we can't have that. Slow everybody <laughs> There's down. Your conspiracy theories. Get, theory them, is, get yeah. them lined back up. Yeah. So we can see, you know, fun racing and maybe a gigantic crash. At those big super speedways. They are constantly changing. It's like baseball's doing it too, and I know we're way over, but constantly kind of tweaking the rules for fan interest, right? Yeah. I think NASCAR has done that. 
some for the good and some for, you know, are we interested or not? Baseball's doing that too with pitch count or clock on a pitch and all that stuff. Yeah, speaking of Arkansas, did you see Dave Van Horn, the coach from Arkansas? No. He said it's ruining the game of college baseball with the, with trying to speed it up so much. He said it's we're ruining the game. Um, I, the problem for NASCAR more than anything is this. The drivers that everybody came to know and love in the height of NASCAR are gone. Yeah. They're all they're all done. Yeah. And so the, the, none of these young guys, you know, after Dale Jr., nobody has captured the national consciousness yeah. the way that uh, – Right. Yeah, fans, like, fans hate what they've done with kind of trying to limit the, the car of the future and a lot of that stuff. That's right. Kind of alienated their, their core fans to try to get more. Yeah. And now, and now they yeah. they didn't get more, and they lost to the ones uh, that loved it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I like a good NASCAR race. If yeah, I just honestly, and they didn't really promote it very well. I mean, did you see a lot of commercials say during the Super Bowl? Maybe no. one or two. Not a ton. You know, I it, it, this is the Super Bowl of NASCAR is the Daytona 500. I didn't see a lot of promotion for it. I saw more promotion for the exhibition race. In the Coliseum. That's right. I than I that. did for the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. That's so odd to me. I agree with that. All right, we got to cut out. Thank you to the folks here at Sarah National. We love coming over, hanging out on Monday mornings. And we'll be doing it through March, by the way. Well, that's news to me. Still coming. Very Still cool. coming. Uh, April 8th, the alumni tournament, the 29th and 30th, the Bob. Everybody have a wonderful Monday. We'll be back in studio tomorrow. It's the Skinny on Sports right here on You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah Nationals, the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.